I am Ben Doc Askins, the psychedelic science war storyteller, and this is the Anti-Hero's Journey Podcast. Hey everybody, Doc here. If you're enjoying the podcast and you want it to be possible for me to continue to make it, then I'm going to need you to go to my store at antiheroesjourney.com and buy my audiobook and my ebook in one of the many translations available, or go to shop and pick out some of my stuff t shirts and hats and pet bandanas and bikinis and scented candles and all sorts of nonsense, all the things you could ever want and never need. And get 10% off with the code, all caps, FRIEND10. Go to antiheroesjourney.com and use the code, all caps, FRIEND10 to get 10% off anything that you could ever want there. I appreciate your support. Thank you. I love you. Goodbye. What's up, all you anti-heroes out there? Doc Askins, bringing another one of these Q5 podcasts into your ears and straight into your brain that I know you can't get enough of, where I ask five of my favorite questions in my ketamine-assisted psychotherapy practice to people in the world that I think are cool and managed to lure in to being guests on this podcast. And the cool person that I've lured in today happens to live in Western Colorado. His name is Dr. Ben Peary, MD, married with three daughters. He's got 20 years working as an emergency medicine physician and four years as a SWAT medic. Last year, he started a podcast speaking with frontline healthcare first responders and law enforcement, cops, paramedics, nurses, military veterans, trauma surgeons, etc., all about mental health. He's an avid bow hunter, a fisherman, a mountain biker, and a waterman, and he's currently working in a fellowship this fall in precision-slash-genomic medicine and integrative medicine. Ben, it's a pleasure having you on the podcast today, my friend. Thanks, Doc. Yeah, uh, thanks for having me. It's, it's a real honor, and uh, I've been able to, to look through your site and, and appreciate like your, your North Star and your your kind of the direction you're going with all this, it resonates with a lot of the, uh, t- the topics that we discuss on my podcast too. And it's, and just the world that I seem to be finding myself in these days. Well, thank you for that. I appreciate that greatly. I feel like there's a lot of synchronicity here just in a couple minutes that we were talking before I hit the old record button, and I'm sure we'll discover more along the way, but, uh, let's get rocking and rolling with what's your story. Yeah. So my story is that I, um, as you know, as you said in the bio, I'm 20 years in this career. I did my, uh, my uh, emergency medicine training in Denver. Denver Health was uh, Denver General, as it was called back in the day. It was sort of a they called it the knife and gun club, and which was the you know perfect place to train if you're in the ER. It's just like your experience um, uh, as a combat medic. If you're gonna if you're gonna do that work, you need to be busy. And um, so I walked out of that residency after four years, which and decided to move up to the mountains and kind of found myself in, in this community. Western Colorado is an interesting place. It's, it's busy as hell because of the austerity, the rural aspect. There's every, you know, permutation of trauma is out here, including all the other things in between the strokes, the heart attack. So I found myself really, really in the, not in the weeds so much, but just so immersed in this world, which is really, it's really rewarding. Uh, getting to see people outside of work was fantastic and patients would stop me at the supermarket. And it's almost like a, you know, Rockwell thing. You're, you're not, I wasn't expecting that coming from a big urban program, but I had a, I had a really great career. 
up here and was it was fortunate enough to start to work with just amazing people that were incredibly dedicated to the craft of emergency medicine and even just the the work in the hospital. It's very collaborative, working with our trauma surgeons and I'd, we'd run upstairs and you know, intubate a, a sick ICU patient or help the the OBGYN department deal with a postpartum hemorrhage. And I just loved it. I absolutely am addicted to that world of just the go, 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 the bearing the throttle. And, um, you know, it's a very um, rewarding thing to do and to be a part of a team. And I was able to uh, jump in with our local SWAT team. We have a, our, Garfield County is one of the biggest counties in the state of Colorado. And we have a, a very small SWAT team, they actually approached me and asked me to, to jump on the team. And I think there were 13 guys at the time. And uh, I didn't realize kind of what I was getting into. And about a year later, I realized that I'd been called uh, fuckface more times in my life than I was expecting. And, uh, <laughs> I was the second Just doc means you're doing day. it right, collecting some yeah, scars. Yeah, so I went to the Utah County SWAT School, uh, which is about a week long. They do this, you know, very trauma-intensive immersion, kind of like a, the SEAL concept of like maximal stress, no sleep. And, uh, and it was, uh, but it's an amazing experience. I was really fortunate to get to be embedded with this team. And they did, we did a, this County is so busy with the amount of drug stuff coming up by 70 in the, and so the the, the amount of operations and stuff in the middle of the night was incredible. I really, it kind of brought me into that world of kind of that operator world. And I, I was just blown away by what I was seeing and the level of training and stuff. It was uh, incredible. But the long and short of it is, is that over the over time, I'm um, 53 now, I was starting to break down physically. And I ended up, I developed an autoimmune condition called spondylitis, which I get the peripheral version, which is uh, involvement of my, you know, the, like patellar tendon, Achilles tendon. And I was just getting crippled. I was taking steroids all the time and finding and trying to figure out immune suppressants. And I realized kind of halfway or towards the tail end of COVID that I was, I was double immune suppressed, running around the hospital, wearing a papper hood, taking care of super sick patients. Uh, I've never seen that many sick patients in my whole career. And I realized that I, uh, I was burning out from a, not from a, from a, I hate this career thing, but just energetically, um, I'd seen some cases that were starting to stick with me in ways that I didn't really realize were um, were cumulative. And uh, I finally, we had a, a terrible, I talked about this in my podcast, we had a terrible double stabbing. A mom stabbed her two uh, teenage kids to death. And, you know, we were, I was, we were doing a thoracotomy on a nine-year-old and I, and I just had hit the wall at that point. And so I decided to step away and take some time for myself. And I started a podcast just talking to, I'd had a, uh, I'd spoken to a, a SWAT commander. Um, he'd given a really amazing presentation here. He was, he was in the Pulse nightclub shooting in 2018 in Orlando. And he, he talked about how the, the impacts on his team and the mental health, and they all kind of realized how deeply Im- embedded trauma was with them and how dysfunctional they were. And it, it hit me like a, like a, freight train. I was like, that's me. I am, I am that fucked up dude. I need some time. And, uh, I experimented with some psychedelics. I had an amazing, incredible experience with ayahuasca. Uh, my brother is a practitioner and, um, and then he, he brought me into the Bufo world. I did one Bufo experience and I, I just, uh, was so transformative and so powerful that I, it changed kind of the course of my life. And then, and then as I go, went down the path with the podcast, I realized how many people in this career on the front lines are all similarly affected. And the more people I talk to about it, the more resonance and, and shared stories and synchronicity I found. So, 
Man, that's an incredible story. Yeah, and you did a great job of uh, doing what we were talking about before, compressing that down and uh, you know, <laughs> giving us the condensed bottom line up front version of your story. I greatly appreciate that. But what an awesome story, man. I feel uh, honored that we're having this conversation. So I ask everybody about their story to hear about their memories and where they're coming from. And then the next question is about what are your intentions? Where are you headed? Where do you imagine things going from here? Yeah, it's it's a really good question, and I I ask myself that a lot. I, I I imagine that's probably at the forefront of a lot of people's. If you know, if you take stock of your life, any of us, that question has to be on the tip of your tongue. And to answer it, I, I would say uh, my intentions are: I have found a lot of positive momentum and uh, and personal healing just from speaking to people about their experiences. And the more that I talk to people, the more I'm I want to be around it. I, I'm a fascinated by this concept of uh, of healing and I and change. And so, you know, for me, I'm I'm my intention is to change my identity. And in 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 a way, I don't have to be, you know, the ER doc, 20 year veteran. This guy, you know, wearing the white coat. It's it was armor for a long time, and I I had to. I had to seriously reconfigure my my DNA to so to speak but it's been transformative and very helpful for me it's helped me heal physically honestly I'm sleeping better I'm taking better care of myself I don't have my foot on the throttle anymore and then the next iteration is uh, I'm fascinated about you know the world of of psychedelic assisted therapy I'm fascinated with the world of mental health I just think that there's a tremendous upswell of this uh this concept of taking care of ourselves and being mindful and and then trying to cut through the chaff a lot of there's a lot of bullshit too and i'm trying to figure out what is what really sticks and uh i so that's my intention is to help people help myself and kind of redefine a new a new role for myself as a as a physician and hopefully continue to help people and heal and that's my goal yeah those are outstanding beautiful intentions i like that a lot um, so the bridge that I use between people's stories and their intentions between the past and the future between memory and imagination is to ask about gratefulness. Cause I think gratefulness is one of the best ways to bring us into the present moment. So what are you grateful for? I had this conversation with, a with, a, I, we've had a couple of people say strange, strange interface, but I've had some of my good friends die over the last couple of years, including my father. Strange. I had a, a colleague and friend that was a hospitalist die of a brain tumor. Then, and right at this inception of COVID, a very good friend, she's a, also a hospitalist, died of this horrible complications from MRSA. And probably ultimately it was one of our first cases of COVID. We just didn't know it. But and so I was talking to her husband, her, her widowed husband the other day, and he said, you know, man, he said, your, your greatest commodity right now is time. And I, I was kind of blown away. I kind of had to sit down and think about that a little bit. I was, oh, I was thinking about like, what am I going to do next? You know, feeling this angst, I would, should, could, you know, those conversations. And I realized he was right. And so I'm very grateful for this time that I've been able to sit quietly with myself. I actually taught myself to sit outside this little garage in the sun and just do nothing for a bit and, and, and let myself be sit with like pain and sit with, you know, my own thoughts and my own worries and my own, you know, limitations. And so I'm grateful that the days that I can do that, you know, we talked a little bit about hunting before we started recording, you know, I, I just spent some time in the woods with my bow chasing elk and I'm extremely grateful for those moments. I can just lay there endless and watch the woods do their thing. And I, so that has, I took that for granted. 
I really did as an ER doc. I, uh, time was just a thing, a vehicle for me to get shit done and be part of, and then recreate this world. And I'm, I'm slowing down and recognizing that, um, this is a precious commodity and I'm grateful for it. Yeah. Doing nothing is so hard for dudes like us, but every time that I do it, I'm, it's such a, it's an inexplicable experience. It's always worth it to do nothing. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I, I've a, my therapist, dear friend, Risa said, uh, she said, the problem with sitting yourself is it's not safe. It's not safe sitting with our thoughts and our own mind. And so, you know, and, and also especially today, right? I mean, I have thousands of distractions. I got my phone. I got this. I got that. So we don't really sit in silence ever. And um, including my kids, you know, they struggle with it. So I feel like uh, that's a, a skill, an exercise, a tolerance that I'm, I'm building up to. It's a muscle that was un- underused. Yeah. I, I joke around and make it into a play on words. I'll be like, I'm grateful for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and some people get it and some people yeah. don't, right? Strategic Navigators reduced my income tax bill by over 50%. These guys save entrepreneurs anywhere from 40 to 60% on their income taxes. Click the link in the description to schedule a call and see what these guys can do for you. If you enjoy paying as much as possible in taxes, then just ignore everything I just said. Um, so with your whole story and all your intentions and all your gratefulness, Ben, what are you creating? I think that what I'm creating is a space for people to, and in particular with the podcast, it's, it's a space for people to tell their story as you're, you know, kindly allowing me to tell mine, there is healing with it. There is a therapeutic effect and it also allows me to kind of reorient myself. I, I hear amazing strategies. Like I just, you know, I interviewed this guy named Jonathan Wilson, who's a, a Navy SEAL. He's created this app for mental health. And I just, I was blown away by the energy of this guy, you know, like, yeah, that's envy, right? I N V I yeah. that's his company. Yeah. 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 And I just, I told my wife, I was like, God, you know, there there's to be around that is, uh, is really inspiring to hear people just in action, like yourself with the work you're doing and you wrote a book. And I just more and more of that to me is, uh, is, is just, uh, it's a great thing to be around and um, to be around that. I just, it, it pushes me as well. I'd like to continue to be embedded in that work and see which, what, you know, what direction that, that pushes me uh, again with like doing the podcast, talking to people. I just think there's, especially in emergency medicine, uh, we are terrible of, of about taking care of ourselves or even admitting that, that we're fucked up. And, you know, military cops, they're better at it, especially now. I was amazed that, that the SEAL community, how comfortable they are saying, we, we're going to put our work into this. We're going to take, you know, make sure we're, we're strong. We're, and we're also that we're admitting we're vulnerable. And at, at times a week, I find that, I find that astounding uh, and, and and very transformative and and hopefully leading the world in many regards because the way people look at those guys is superhuman, but they're they're not. Yeah, uh, you know, from the outside, it, I know that that community hasn't always been that way, but there's been these ways that uh, SOCOM in general just sort of drips out culturally into the Department of Defense, you know, especially as far as tactical medicine goes, the way that the 75th Ranger Regiment does medicine today is the way that, you know, 
everybody on the street in the United States will be doing medicine five years from now or something because it takes that long for the research to drip out there. And maybe with the internet and stuff, it's happening a lot faster than it used to. But it's also my hope, like I recognized they have like, uh, I think they call it the Thor three program that uh, fifth group does down on fourth Campbell that involves a lot of recovery, like active recovery, doing yoga, getting a rumble roller out, doing, you know, cold therapy, all of these sorts of things for recovery to try to keep people in optimal health. And I'm hopeful that they'll lead the way as far as mental health goes as well, so that that drips out across the entire military and then across the entire world eventually. Right. And they are leading the way, uh, in a whole bunch of ways, you know, at the gas pedal and the brake pedal being balanced appropriately. That's the way, right? Yeah. A hundred percent. I was, uh, I was down at the fire station the other day. I'm still the medical director for Glenwood fire, but they were talking about like, we're, we're just calculating how many hours and how many dollars are spent on each firefighter, for example, here in our small rural agency. And it, it's not, it's not a small number of just invested time, energy, effort, money, resources. And so it makes sense to maximize these guys' longevity, their performance. It's hard to get people to come up to the mountains of Colorado. It's hard to get anyone to do this work anymore. Um, that includes teachers, therapists at the hospital, uh, you know, techs. It's, it's all. So if you, to not put that work in and, and preserve the, you know, this elite person that you've trained, you've done the work with, and they're going to break down because this job is, has so many embedded challenges that we're not addressing on the front end is insane. Um, and fortunately, I think there's some forward thinking people out there that are like, yep, we're going to make sure these, these high performing people are, are maximally taken care of, you know, mind, body, spirit. That's, that's the way it should be across the spectrum of, of, you know, really all jobs, but it, but especially at the, at the higher end of people that have spent a lot of time and effort training these folks. Yeah, I agree completely. I think that's uh, incredibly insightful. I think that's the way forward for sure. So with all your intentions, all your story, all your gratefulness, you're making this podcast, right? Are you creating anything else? Well, so it's interesting. And I think you and I share space with some of the the wild health folks just for the listeners, Wild Health is a, is one of the companies out there that's that's doing what's called precision medicine, which is a it's a funny way. And I I heard this described as medicine 3.0, and I've heard it described. And then when you add the mental health piece, it's medicine 4.0. But Peter Etia talks about this, uh, just the notion that um, that not uh, one size fits nobody. So for example, like I just got my own genomic report, which is essentially a look at everything about me that's related to my DNA, how I process carbon, how I, how I recover, how I sleep, uh, you know, how I deal with sugar, how I deal with fat. Um, and I was surprised, uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm a lean guy. I don't carry a lot of excess body fat. You know, I try to stay in shape, but I was stunned at like some of the things that were there that were very unique to me. Like I've got a proclivity for type 2 diabetes, for example, I got to be really careful. Um, I probably don't process saturated fats that well. So so this notion of like, oh, you know, Perry should be keto or or Perry should be this or it's not. It, it's very unique. And I'm, I'm, I'm so I'm doing the fellowship with these guys um, and I'm enjoying it a lot because it's it's a it's a, just a totally different view of medicine as you know, again, making blanket statements about who should be on statins, who shouldn't. Well, if you look at a person's genomic pattern, some people just absolutely 
aren't tolerating those things, or they should be on a much more aggressive regimen. And I find that, again, a little bit of what we're talking about with mental health, uh, awareness, same thing with with physical health. I think there's that is the next frontier. And I, I definitely want to be a part of it. I think it's a credible way to look at people as unique individuals and then tailor their tailor a whole sleep, diet, exercise, recovery plan around who they are, not not what we say should be done for an entire, you know, population based, you know, medical recommendations. Yeah, the, uh, you know, the chief science officer there at Wild Health, Dr. Mike Mallon is a genius. And there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of mixed stuff with respect to whether genomics is ready for prime time and whether it's clinically useful and, and all of those sorts of things. And I understand like the science behind a bunch of that, where like the way that it's been done in the past is time consuming and it's all associational level data and it's, Hey, how like clinically useful is this or isn't this? And, uh, they've solved for it. Like they've figured out how to bring, you know, that medicine 3.0 slash 4.0 thing into people's lives meaningfully with genome wide association studies and, you know, polygenic risk scores are all being involved in what's, you know, and it, algorithmic uh, guided way of putting this whole thing together and then incorporating health coaching and incorporating physician visits so that you've got like a whole health team collaborating uh, around you. Now I'm a huge Peter Atia fan. I love like his book outlive is outstanding, but it like things are happening in the world so fast now with AI and with the technology that's available to us. So like, I'll, I'll give you this little like anecdote, right? I was listening to Outlive on Audible on the audiobooks, right? And he gives the example in there because I, I like I'm I've been a subscriber to the drive for years now. And he's gone through like explaining his writing process. And it's been five years that he was working on that book. And uh, he gives this example of uh, you know, real soon, there'll be full self-driving capability. Like he's talking about, we've got the cameras, we've got the engines, like the cars are going to be here real soon. And I'm listening to the book in a Tesla that's driving itself at that time, like hands-free, right? No, like we're already here, Peter. It's already here. It's already ready to go, right? Like my buddy's Tesla is self-driving, you know? And uh, I thought that was just the coolest thing in the world was like, yeah, like Medicine 3.0 is light years ahead of how it's been done for the longest time. And it's already starting to be outdated because of the technology that's available through, you know, like if you want to get on the cutting edge as a patient or as a provider, you need to look up Wild Health on wildhealth.com. Like my friends over there, all geniuses and all good hearted people get involved in uh, the fellowship, become a patient, live forever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Isn't that funny? You, you said that, you know, I think people, it, it's a little bit what frustrates me about the world of, because everyone wants to live forever, but there's a lot of Sigma people running around. And when I say Sigma, like super fucking high performers, no question. I mean, these guys get 28 hours out of a 24 hour day. Um, you know, they're CEOs, captains of industry, you know, running, you know, like the Jocko model of like you're running a, you know, a app apparel company with his, with his podcast and all, and all the things he's doing, just an amazing dude. But the issue is too, is that, is that there is no fountain of youth Although people want to take like, I get testosterone questions all the time. And this guy, he asked me the other day, is like, hey, doc, you know, what do you think about taking testosterone? I said, I don't know. How's your sleep? How's your life? How's your, how's your, how's your relationship with your wife? Like, don't, he's like, you know, he's worried about getting more energy and getting more out of his day. But it's like, 
putting, you know, racing fuel into a car that's running on, on, you know, a cylinder is down. Um, should, should I get a blood transfusion from a 19 year old? Is that what I should be doing, doc? What should I be doing? No, man, like get a good night's sleep and shut the fuck up once in a while and listen to your wife, you know, yeah, 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 that'd that'd go way further. (laughs) Where I think we're going. And if, you know, if I could, even if there's a medicine 5.0 is the cutting away of stuff. Like it, if I think where we're going to ultimately end up is back at the beginning to realize that we need to go back to 1972 when we didn't have cell phones. We spent time sitting around at the dinner table, having long conversations with our families or with our friends or, or going over to someone's house with a, you know, with a, with a beer and sitting down on the porch. Uh, I'm not making pros, you know, prosaic statements about 1970s cause they had some fucked up things. But the point is, is that I think we're going to find that doing less and this notion of like cold plunges and stuff is really a way to just sit with yourself. And I think if we, if carving that time out of your day is probably where we're going to find the most value, the most healing and cutting out the distraction, uh, the social media, the cell phones, all of the, you know, the, the polarizing news, uh, everything that just is toxic for us. Our worlds are toxic enough with just trying to take care of each other and our kids and our families, uh, much less adding all the other elements. Uh, I don't think we've ever been so isolated in our entire life than we are today away from each other. Yeah. Yeah. We need a tribe like Sebastian Younger's book, you know, is an example. There's plenty of other great examples out there, but that's the first one that comes to mind for uh, listening to you talk here. But uh, I think those are beautiful things that you're participating in creating. That brings us around to the fifth and final question though. Dr. Ben Peary, who are you really? You know, um, I had a friend when I was going through this identity crisis, when I stepped away from the ER, he said, you know, I've never thought about you as doctor, anybody. You're just my friend, Ben, from that I met when you were 18 years old, you know? And I, uh, I realized that I, um, I'm just a person that gets to like enjoy other people and, uh, and enjoy, um, some very, as we were saying, simple things. I, um, I'm not any one thing. I'm certainly the the moment I put down my my SWAT stuff, my doctor stuff, my my this and my that, my CrossFit stuff. I literally have walked away from all of that, and I'm not that. I'm not any of those things. I'm not any one thing, and I find that to be incredibly freeing, and allows me to to actually sit in a little bit of peace, uh, a little bit of a little bit of quiet contemplation to not have to be something is, is a, such a, um, release of, of weight of, um, expectation of ambition and angst and ennui. And I, I find, uh, that has been transformative and, and (laughs) allowed me a little bit of freedom, you know, to maybe reinvent myself in, in some other way that's, that's, that's going to be, uh, supportive for me and more balanced, uh, allow for some, other possibilities, you know, maybe I want to write, maybe I want to play guitar, who friggin' knows, you know, some gentler, softer things for sure. And better father, maybe a better husband, a more attentive, a little funnier, not so serious all the fucking time, you know, <laughs> <laughs> this is the way. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. I like that a lot. Huh? Well, you got any final thoughts for our audience, my friend? The only final thought I have is, and this has been a hard lesson for me, is uh, gentleness, learning to treat myself with some gentleness and allowing myself to, to, to fail 
not a failure in the way that we think about, but just be less, you know, uh, it, it was very hard for me to, to be, to limp around, uh, with my illness and not be able to do things and also to allow myself time to sit and just be vulnerable, be, be less, uh, not always having to, to, it's very easy to take steroids and pop up and be able to run off and do the other things I wanted to do, but to, uh, to treat myself with respect and go easy. And that is hard for a lot of people, especially in our world where, where we, we build up this thing, this narrative, this myth of this, this super person. And, um, that's not the way to, to, to live a happy, balanced life. And I, at least it hasn't been for me and it finally caught up with me. And what has, what has helped me a lot is to treat myself respectfully and give myself a break and, you know, have a little humor about it and have a little lightness about it. And, uh, that's, that's, I hope that the listeners can find that within themselves as well. And, you know, find themselves uh, in some softer, more gentle environments. Cause I think that's, that's how we, that's how we resonate best as humans. Yeah. That's beautiful, brother. I appreciate it. I'm glad you came on the podcast today. Yeah. Thanks, man. I really appreciate it as well. I love your work and I'm excited to, uh, to see where your the next iterations and your next guests. And thanks for sharing with me and I uh, appreciate, yeah. Hope people can jump on our, my podcast, take a listen, uh, Got all kinds of wild and interesting guests, as as you do. And, but yeah, what's the name of your podcast? If they want to look it up, what? the Grit Podcast with Doctor Ben. Period. It's on Spotify and Apple. And um, yeah, we're constant. We're moving forward. I just did my 60th episode, so we're still still cranking along. So nice. Yeah, check them out, everybody. Yeah, thanks. It's been a pleasure, Dan. my friend. The same. You too. Thanks again for your time, Doc. Sounds good. Doc out. <laughs>